You are listening to Her Guided Evolution, a weekly podcast created to help Black mothers be consistent with their self-care and take daily action toward well-being. I'm your host, Shanice Jones-Cameron, a mom of three, wife, and PhD student. I created the show to connect you with tools and resources to help you commit to a healthier lifestyle, manage stress, and prioritize your personal growth. Now, let's start the show. Hey, welcome back to episode eight of Her Guided Evolution. And for today's show notes, you can go to herguidedevolution.com forward slash eight. So in today's episode, I want to talk about mindful media consumption. And I've wanted to do this episode for a while because one of my areas of interest as far as me being a researcher and a scholar is media studies. And I just think it's really fascinating to consider how we use media and technology and how media has changed over time, how it's changed our society and how social media in particular has changed so many facets of human life and the way we communicate and the way we talk to each other. So social media platforms like Instagram, Twitter and Facebook have like literally changed the world. (laughs) These are things that I really enjoy thinking about. And it's something that I wanted to talk about on the podcast because we have access to social media platforms in particular 24 seven, as well as like other media platforms like Netflix and Hulu and the news. We have all of this information and all of this ability to communicate with other people through these platforms. So I spent a lot of time kind of thinking about that, theorizing about that, trying to understand what all of this means and thinking about social media in particular, I did some digging and from what I could find, the average American spends about two hours and 23 minutes a day on social media. So if you're spending on average two hours and 23 minutes a day on social media, that's about 15 hours a week, 15, 16 hours a week. And that's pretty much a part-time job. (laughs) And the way I think about it, if you were spending this much time in any space, particularly in this case, a digital space, and you have at least some control over what you see, I just think, doesn't it make sense to think twice about what you're consuming? And some of us think about what we put in our bodies as far as the food we eat. Or another example, the chemicals or the quality of the natural hair products we put in our natural hair. And I want to offer here that the same way that you might be concerned about the food you consume or the products you put in your hair, on your skin, or in your body, you might want to be mindful of what you are introducing into your mind as well. And another way I like to think about media consumption is to consider this. If your social media in particular or the media you consume was a physical space, would you actually want to spend time there? Would you hang out with the people you follow on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook? Would you actually want to be around these folks? And what or who with the people that you follow or you're friends with or the accounts that you follow, who or what would those accounts be talking about? Are these conversations that you would want to be a part of? And how would you feel spending 15 hours in a space that was a physical manifestation of your social media feeds or the Hulu shows that you watch or the Netflix movies that you watch? Would this be a quote unquote toxic space? Would you actually want to spend time there? So as we get into this episode, I want to start by defining what I call mindful media consumption. And I want to kind of contrast it with this idea 
of mindless media consumption. And I want to use both of these terms to think about the relationship that we as individuals have with media, be it social media, television, movies, YouTube videos, podcasts. And I'll also give you some tips on how you could be more mindful and intentional about the media you consume. I want to start out by defining what I mean by mindful media consumption. So when I say mindful media consumption, I mean that to describe using social media and consuming TV, news, film, music, YouTube videos, podcasts, and all of that with intention. So it's following other like-minded people and interacting with them through comments, DMs, messages is following individuals and pages that support the trajectory that you want to take your life in. You're using social media to facilitate genuine connections with people, maybe through Facebook groups or just Instagram profiles that you follow. You're consuming news in intentional spurts, just enough to kind of stay informed and to understand what's going on around you. And the way that you may know that you are using social media in particular mindfully or consuming media mindfully is to think about how do you feel when you are for example scrolling through your Facebook feed or participating in Facebook groups how do you feel when you are scrolling through your Instagram feed how do you feel when you are watching Netflix and Hulu do you feel excited inspired empowered when you're on social media if you do you might be already using your social media in particular mindfully you feel comfortable with the amount of time you spend on social media or watching tv and movies you feel informed and cognizant about the world around you but not necessarily in a way that is completely disempowering or anxiety provoking these are some of the ways that you can say okay I am using social media mindfully and I'm consuming media mindfully if you feel excited and inspired, if you feel comfortable with the amount of time that you spend on these platforms and you feel informed and cognizant about the world around you, those are signs I think that you are using social media mindfully and consuming media mindfully. So now I want to talk about some of the signs that you are mindlessly consuming media. So if you're mindlessly consuming media, you may be exposing yourself to traumatic stories just because they are available, either out of fear or because you want a distraction. If you find yourself scrolling through your Explore page or following social media accounts that do not support the type of person you want to become, then you might be using social media mindlessly. And if you are friends with or following a lot of people who are not on similar trajectories as you, you might be using social media mindlessly. If you are watching... YouTube videos and Netflix movies and shows that kind of make you feel like, eh, this really doesn't add anything to my life, but I'm just having it on, on the in the background just because I can. You might be mindlessly consuming media. So how do you know that you're not consuming media mindfully? So you might think negative thoughts that cause anxiety, fear, jealousy, anger, frustration when you're browsing social media. You may feel like social media or TV or YouTube is a time suck and you don't really like 
the amount of time that you're spending on these platforms. You use media to procrastinate. You feel just like, ugh, at the end of the day because you spend too much time by your personal standards, reading the news on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. So for me, when social distancing first started in my area, particularly in the United States, and everything just kind of shut down, I was spending so much time like keeping up with the news and on Twitter, trying to see what people were saying. I was so anxious. So I was just like seeking this information constantly. I would spend hours just trying to read about the virus obsessed with what was closing looking at the numbers in my area and then finally I just got to the point where I had to block news websites on my phone I went to settings and I just blocked some of those news websites and I just took a few days to kind of reset and this was not mindful media consumption at all I was mindlessly going to CNN and browsing Twitter and consuming all of these scary news stories so this is an example where I was able to kind of recognize like okay let me get a handle on my brain because I am mindlessly just kind of binging on all of this media that is not necessarily serving me So this may show up for you differently. You might spend time arguing with quote unquote friends or strangers on the internet who have a different opinion or who offer trash takes on political issues. You might spend time dragging celebrities in their comments. You might feel overly invested in the lives of celebrities or reality TV personalities. And I love black popular culture. I read the blogs. I watch Real Housewives of Atlanta and Real Housewives of Potomac is my favorite at the moment. And for me, I know I'm doing too much when I'm like watching the Real Housewives go live on Instagram and I'm following to see who is arguing with who. And for me, this is not mindful media consumption. This is mindless media consumption because I have stuff to do. I can't spend an extended amount of time trying to follow like, who Nene leaks is dragging on Twitter or something like that. So <laughs> I think that all of these can be signs that you may consider reevaluating your relationship with the media that you consume. If you are thinking about mindless media consumption and a lot of this resonates with you. So now that I've outlined the difference between mindful and mindless media consumption, so I want to give you some ideas about how you can use media more mindfully to protect your energy. So one of the things I recommend is follow new people based on where you want to be spending your time and seek out positive media that kind of supports the goals that you have for yourself. So this might look like seeking out Facebook groups and Instagram accounts that are positive and supportive. So let's say, for example, you have a goal to pay off all of your debt in five years. Like you could follow money conscious accounts and budgeting accounts on Instagram. And if you, for example, want to be a more mindful parent, you could follow parenting accounts to talk about like the parenting styles that you tend to lean toward and that may be your goals as far as how you want to parent your children. You can find Facebook groups to that effect. You can also follow hashtags and people on Instagram that are doing the things that are important to you. So for example, some of the hashtags that I follow 
um, hashtag black girls run. This is one that when I was training for my half marathon that I would browse pretty frequently on Instagram. It was really encouraging to see all of these black women who were training for marathons, training for half marathons, posting their times and showing that, you know what, I'm not super fast, but I'm doing this. Like it was really empowering for me to see those images and to see those messages. So following that hashtag was helpful. Another one is hashtag black vegan on Instagram. That was another one as I was getting more comfortable and more acclimated to eating a vegan diet, I started following other black vegans because it was a constant reminder that I belong in this vegan movement and I can stick to a vegan diet. There's other black vegans out here like eating really good food and I can do it too. So I was kind of looking to these hashtags and Instagram and using that as a way to help me to feel inspired on a daily basis as I was already spending all this time on social media platforms. So this is just a way to curate your social media for positivity. If you follow people based on your goals and based on the direction that you want to take your life. So the next thing that I would recommend is to unfollow or mute or unfriend people and accounts who post content that is overwhelmingly negative. And this isn't about being holier than thou or labeling people as toxic. I don't really agree with like labeling people as toxic. Um, I think we all have issues in some degree to some degree. So I don't like to label people as toxic. Um, but I think behaviors can be problematic. And this isn't about trying to change your social media feed so you can feel a certain way because I do just want to pause and offer that your feelings are coming from your thoughts, not from your social media feed directly. So all of this is like stuff that's going on in your mind that you can kind of determine and consider if that's how you want to be thinking. So just kind of leaving that there for a moment. But I think the unfollowing, muting, unfriending people in accounts who post content that is overwhelmingly negative, it's about creating a digital environment that serves you and makes it easier for you to think those positive thoughts. It's about organizing your digital home so it matches what you are trying to create in your life. So if you are following friends or accounts with someone who is constantly posting memes that ridicules and belittles people, ask yourself, is that the type of energy you really want to let in your space? And if you follow someone who is always subtweeting or subposting, ask yourself, is that someone that you have a lot of co- in common with? If not, consider muting or unfollowing that person if you notice a shift in your mood or energy when you see their posts. So a potential action step here is to evaluate your newsfeed and ask yourself if those posts or the connection with that person is serving you. If not, you may consider if you kind of need a break from following that person or if you may need to mute that person in order to kind of curate your social media feed for positivity. And so the last thing that I suggest if you want to consume media more mindfully is to take a break. Sometimes you just need a social media break and just to deactivate your accounts. A break from social media or limiting the TV and the movies that you watch can help you reset and force you to pay attention to your real life instead of being so focused on your online persona or escaping your real life. Taking a break can be an opportunity for you to reconnect with yourself, with your partner, to focus on your kids. And one of the things I think is really interesting, at least in my life, is when you start taking these social media breaks, you start realizing just how much time you are spending on social media. I know for me, 
I actually just got on, got back on Facebook after about three years. So I deactivated my Facebook account in November 2016, right after the 2016 election. There was just, ugh, there was just so much negativity and racism. People I thought were cool just were not cool. <laughs> And it just wasn't a good space for me. So, you know, I peaced out and I just got back on Facebook a couple months ago in order to grow her guided evolution. And so I'm using it with a purpose. I don't spend a lot of time scrolling mindlessly through Facebook. I don't really update my profile like that. And for the most part, I only add people I know personally. And I add people who I don't have any reason to believe that they are problematic. Of course, some of that can be to be determined, but for the most part, I only follow people I know and or people that I don't have any reason to believe that they're super problematic. And so that kind of cuts down on the type of like vibes that may not be serving me that I get from Facebook because I don't spend a ton of time up there and I am a bit more cognizant about who I add. And taking a break, in my experience, can give you time to think about the role that social media plays in your life. So when I wasn't on Facebook for three years, after about a week, it was just kind of like, whatever, like, I don't really need this. I, I realized it wasn't really adding a whole lot of value to my life. I realized that I was spending a lot of time up there and it wasn't serving me because I was trying to get my master's degree at the time slash started working on my PhD. So sometimes you need those breaks kind of as a reset to help you stay grounded and to realize that there is social media and there is my real life and I can be more mindful about where I'm directing that energy. And another thing that taking a social media break can do is help you realize what, if anything, these platforms are really adding to your life. So this can be a social media platform like Instagram and Facebook, or it can be like the TV and movies that you watch. So think about what does it supply you with? Does it supply you with drama? And does that drama help you escape your emotions or the things that are overwhelming about your life? So this can be an opportunity to determine if you like what you get from social media. If it's drama, go deeper. What does this drama do for me and add to my life? It's okay to go to social media and to be invested in other people's lives sometimes. Like... I mean, I do that. Like we all are looking for an escape sometimes, but I'm encouraging you to be mindful of why you are so invested in other people's lives. I know when I'm watching Instagram live of some of the real housewives, that's me trying to avoid feeling anxious about the paper I'm trying to write or the frustration of dealing with the fifth tantrum of the day. So reality TV and social media platforms and other places to consume content like YouTube and Netflix and Hulu, these aren't inherently bad I'm not saying that at all but I think it's helpful and important to recognize why you're moving toward that type of content and what you get from social media and these other platforms so you can think about how you might get that from other places or if it's based on drama and you need a distraction maybe figure out if that's the way that you would like to cope with your life so taking a break from social media can serve you and help you use and consume media more mindfully For this week's introspection, I've been thinking about Black women and the ways that we are or are not allowed to exist in this society, specifically within the United States where I live. So thinking about this in context of this episode, as I'm advocating for mindful media consumption, I am advocating that you seek out positive media, but that isn't in any way that I'm trying to 
disparage sites like the shade room or reality tv like real housewives of atlanta or real housewives of potomac or loving hip-hop or loving hip-hop atlanta and miami because i watch all of those shows i read the shade room and i honestly hate when people like critique these spaces and say that they're pitting black people against each other and it's a shame that black women have to be portrayed like this and not saying that these spaces or platforms aren't deserving of some critique. I'm not saying that, but I just don't like these critiques that are rooted in this respectability politics where the idea is that black people have to be upstanding and noble and religious and women in particular need to be like very pious and conservative in order to be, presenting this image that black people are deserving of equality. The term respectability politics or politics of respectability was coined by a black female historian, Evelyn Brooks Higginbotham. And essentially what I'm trying to convey in my everyday life and on this platform is respectability politics don't work. And I'm definitely not here for respectability politics being used to control black people, black women in particular, black LGBTQA plus plus people and folk, non-binary folk. I'm just not here for respectability politics at all. So while I'm encouraging you to be mindful of the media that you consume, just so that you are protecting your space and your energy and your peace, I don't want this to be read as me trying to disparage any black platforms or reality TV or anything like that. That's not what I'm trying to do at all or promote with this platform because that's not me at all. I just hate this idea of black people being critiqued in this way because just as a side note the same people that some folks are trying to impress and trying to look good for and not trying to be a stereotype in front of you're worried about like making black women look bad but the people who are stereotyping you or stereotyping us and have all these negative views are black women they're holding on to these views whether or not Monique and Candace on Real Housewives of Potomac are fighting. Like, it it just doesn't really make a ton of sense. Like, we will be stereotyped based on our skin and our gender regardless. So it doesn't matter what we act like. Like, respectability does not work. And that's why I'm a strong advocate for you being free and you living your life and trying to snatch up your happiness and your peace. People are always going to have something to say. And this also kind of coincides with Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion's WAP video, which I love. I tend to gravitate toward, like, (laughs) the vulgar and the, the very assertive pleasure seeking like female rap I see nothing wrong with that I think it's wonderful and amazing when black women like own their sexuality and kind of turning those stereotypes upside down like I'm really here for that and so like all of these people like critiquing black women for being sexual or like playing into these same views of respectability and I'm just not here for it So this is me encouraging you to be sexually liberated, be free, to be vulgar and ratchet and all the things that you want to be. So I just encourage you to be you, find your peace, find your happiness. So that's all for this week. Take care and be well. Thanks so much for listening to Her Guided Evolution. 
don't forget to grab my free daily self-care plan, a guide that outlines exactly what you can do in the morning, afternoon, and evening to support your well-being. You can grab the guide at herguidedevolution.com forward slash plan. Once you sign up, I'll also send you free weekly emails to help you stay inspired and motivated on your well-being journey. Take care and I'll talk to you next week.